This is show for grown-ups. And they say bad words. And they say bad words. Say final warning. Final warning. Hello and welcome to the Pot of Blunders. I'm here with my co-host Richard Sullivan. Good and morning. Another, and, shut up, Richard. God. And another host and their co-hosts. Go introduce yourselves. Go, Dennis. Go. Yeah, I'm uh, Dennis Veray. I GM and edit for Control Group. Hey, I'm Marcus Trox. Um, I also work on Control Group and I make games on Shio and uh, write scripts. I didn't know the script thing. Okay, we're going to get to that. First and foremost, tell me about the podcast. Yeah, so Control Group is a small play, so as opposed to actual plays, we like to condense games down to little bite-sized bits. Uh, TTRPG testing podcast, so we like to find systems that people don't have a lot of experience with or do as veterans in the community, and just highlight them in specific ways, telling different stories with our different voices. We have a huge cast of testers that come on and test games with us, so we just like showing off from specifically our missions statement is to show off voices that aren't typically heard around the table. So how long has your show been going on? We're about to hit our one year anniversary. So I'm yes. sure by the time this episode uh, hits off, we, we just turned one year old, baby. <laughs> yes, we're so close. <laughs> Happy birthday soon to be, or by the time this airs, yeah, probably belated. <laughs> Thank That's you. Awesome. Yeah, thanks. That's really cool. So where did the idea for your podcast come from? Okay, so I was leaving... We so we met in Arizona. So we're from Arizona and we met in college up north. And I remember the day that I was driving home to start to continue this big plan where you know we're moving to Chicago and all this stuff. And I called up Dennis on a whim and I was like, Oh my gosh, Dennis, this is what we have to do. Everyone's doing 5e podcasts. We have to do we have to do a DD podcast, but not 5e. As long as it's not, then it'll be a success because no one does that. They all do 5e. And um, it, he was like, yeah, that's a great idea. We didn't do anything for a while. I didn't oh, initiate okay. anything at all. And then, <laughs> and then one day we were just walking around Chicago and then shooting ideas for what it could be named and, you know, what mm -hmm. ideas we could do. And then Dennis really initiated and saying, we're going to start with Monster of the Week and, and I have an idea for a campaign. And we just started there. That's awesome. Yeah, that was a big thing. Uh, Tome of Mysteries had just come out. That's how mm. long ago the idea yeah. had started <laughs> from. So I was like, oh, we can show off Tome of Mysteries, at least to people, and show this fun little expansion to Monster of the Week. So we went with the idea I had for a campaign, and we've been rolling ever since. That's great. And it's not just you, the both of you for your podcast. You have a series of, I don't want to say guests, but longtime people, right? Yeah, we've been, <laughs> I've been actually struggling on what to call everyone because we had a good after our first couple months we had a bunch of guest testers come on but now they're on kind of our regular cast and crew and we have like 22 people all together that we cycle through to test the systems and it's just a good way to like get different variety like I said uh uh on Twitter I think a little bit earlier than this episode but like if you don't like a certain way I DM other people DM the games like if you don't like a specific person's voice like go listen to another episode we have like <laughs> Yeah. Fun people. We have. So we started with the two of us and then my roommate, Nick, 
and, and then another of our friends, Hadley, we all met in college and Hadley was for sure a novice. And then mm-hmm. Dennis and I had done a lot of games. So it was, mm-hmm. and then Nick was in between. So it was cool because we had um, kind of players on all, all ends of the spectrum. And we got to play with, were we going to do more dramatic things or were we, we going to do more comedic things? Um, you know, were we going to have romance? And I think these are questions that every group asks and it was cool to try out different stuff. It was so fun. So how do you choose what games you play? We truly, it's just whatever piques our interest and whatever is suggested to us. So like now that we've grown with a little bit more of a Twitter following, we, we get mm-hmm. emails of people like every day send us a system that like, hey, I'm testing out this system in Indie Dev, which is exactly what I wanted for mm-hmm. Yes. So yeah. it's just like really awesome that like a bunch of people are sending us games now. But in the beginning, it was truly whatever I had an idea for at the time, if a specific story I wanted to tell, I would look around for systems that could fit that story, basically. So we started off with Monster of the Week, Tome of Mysteries, like we said, and then, you know, uh, the world changed, uh, so we couldn't meet in person anymore. Mm. And we went online, and then Marcus was the first one that helped us back into online play, because we weren't sure how long everything was going to last. And he's like, hey, I found Passion de las Passiones, let's play that. And like, we originally weren't even going to record that for the podcast. But I was like, no, this is exactly <laughs> what we need. Like, this is the next system for us to test. So you do run shorter campaigns and one shots. Has there been any temptation to really just dig in and do like a supplementary long campaign? By the, the time this comes out, we do come back to ideas. I think by the time this episode comes out, it'll be revealed that we go back to our very first storyline. It came from like Mary that was on Monster of the Week, except mm-hmm. this time we switched it over to testing Monster Hearts too. Oh. Uh, so we've switched the, the game system over as well, but we're continuing that idea, that larger idea of the story. And that's an idea we've kicked around of like, oh, we really enjoyed this. Like we need to get back to these characters somehow. Mm-hmm. So we've like found this balance where it's like, if we can find a new system to test it with, like, of course we'll go back to that story. I think for me, I'm really um, uh, fickle. I love to change our mentality i love to change what we're what story we're trying to tell a lot so every time that we swap to a new system it's it works perfectly for me but you know we, we definitely do change our minds it's like okay this has been so fun and uh, i want this to keep going like honestly i it's it's my dream that we'll go back to game of thrones soon but i don't know so we'll yeah. see it'll take some time i need a good <laughs> war system for it but yeah you know palette cleanser couple yeah. couple different yeah exactly <laughs> get it out of there exactly and yeah and we 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 do fudge it a little bit like we started with this fine little pattern we're like okay eight episodes is all we get mm-hmm. now we're up to 10 episodes so it's just eventually until we're like all right 12 episodes now all right 20 is fine for a mini <laughs> session you know it's only gonna be a year and a half no worries but <laughs> it'll be in and out yeah, exactly <laughs> <laughs> so you're part of a network now yes we are we are part of the be gay roll dice network that's Which awesome. Is, yeah, it kind of comes back to us saying we want to uh, bridge in voices that aren't really heard at the table. So mm-hmm. just being uh, personally myself, being a black man running this podcast, and then also being a queer black person that runs this podcast, mm-hmm. uh, just there's, you know, there's a lot of the same faces in a lot of the popular podcasts out there. And that's perfectly mm-hmm. fine. But you need that diversity for really fun stories to be told. So what does it mean exactly. to be part of a network? Like, what, what does it entail? Is there like a yeah. jump in, jump out kind of thing? Like, 
Yeah, I, I've been pretty in it for the long haul. Uh, there's a nice big community of Discord mm-hmm. where a bunch of channels where fans, even if you check out our podcast and you're like, oh, I kind of want to talk directly to the people in control group, you can head on to the Be Gay Roll Dice Discord, hop into our little channel that's made for us and for our fans to pop in. And they do every so often be like, hey, I just listened to the last episode. Like, what are you doing with this? Like, what what's going to happen next? Like, you can't you can't just kill Nate like that. Uh, but <laughs> but yeah and we work with each other in various ways just crossover episodes we promote the other podcasts on the network as much as possible so we have an ad rota that goes around where we have our own control group uh ad that everyone will put before their episode or in their mid-roll so it's just a good way to like i said get more voices out so if you're a big fan of some other little queer podcast like you can hear a voice from another little queer podcast and you're like, oh, I really enjoy that idea. I'll check them out. And it's just about spreading the word and trying to lift each other up. So you're both very much involved in like PBTA games, both in terms of running them and designing them, right? Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. So I know between the two of you, Marcus is the more prolific designer, but you've both definitely dabbled and created full of games. Tell me why PBTA? Oh, that's a good question. We have every, okay, honestly, every day there's a new message from one of us to the other that's like, why isn't there a system for blank? And then we're like, okay, I guess we'll look around, you know, we'll see on the internet if there is one. And then ultimately half the time it's like, okay, these ones are pretty good, but we really want one that's player facing and one that is story focused. And like, it always brings us back to Power by the Apocalypse. And it's so focus too it's so focused on like every single time i'm like okay cool this one i'm gonna do with four stats instead of five i still always end up with five but it's still streamlined and it's like instead of having us try and cover every possible scenario so that the gm knows okay cool if i get into this scenario i can put i can use the the book here to tell what kind of numbers i need for that instead of that what we do is we have all the examples of what players need to be thinking about basically, right? So if they know here's all the things that you for sure can do, but you can also kind of do everything else, they can focus on those if they want to and know, okay, this, this game is going to be less focused on combat. This game is going to be more romantic or this game is going to be more about mystery solving, right? And I just, I love that so much that it's more about like, I want to try and make this story happen than I want to try and, do this action right now. Let's roll and see if I can do it, you know? And I think, yeah, jumping off of that, I think it comes to our general sort of being as most of the original testers and everyone in the podcast at large and the larger testing family came out of the same theater department. So we're storytellers by heart. And I think when it comes to systems, it's fine to love the number crunch, love the click clacks, but I find in certain systems, when you get to rolling to dice, that's when the motion stops of everything. That's when the story starts falling apart. And then it's up to the the DM or GM to kind of bridge those gaps in whatever ways they can. And they'll do it effortlessly. But I really love a system where rolling is often like a necessity. Like I, I fully, I personally can't tell you, you can't do that anymore. It's up to you to see if fate will let you have this moment. <laughs> because I, I, there's so many, I think there's maybe even full episodes of the podcast where we don't even roll the entire, we just role play the entire time. And that's something that PBTA games really allow for. It's just like, I know what my character is. I know like their, 
not their stereotype, but they're just kind of tropes. And I know how to play with those. Yeah. I'll play with those to the utmost of my ability. And if I just want to focus on role playing with another character, I absolutely can for the longest time without being like, oh, make an insight check to see if they're lying. It's just like, you get social cues, you know if they're lying or not. <laughs> I mean, PBTA games, they're so wide, wide branching and, and how many different options do you have? I think you made the perfect choice for a narrative-based podcast to have narrative-based games. Because like you said, if you do the crazy, crazy crunchy stuff, it's like audio poison. You can't listen to that too yeah. often. Exactly. It's just, and thinking about it, since we're a shorter podcast as well, just like we only have eight to 10 hours to tell a story. <laughs> so like if most of the episode is like, all right, I rolled a four plus two. All right. I have advantage. Let me roll again. That just like eats up the time we have to present the story and the system to people. And probably kills your editors just who have to edit all the numbers out. <laughs> yeah, it sucks. I'm sure Richard's sitting there getting like PTSD from yep from the first th- from the first three episodes because I I always try to cut it where yeah we crunch the numbers but if we can cut it in a way where the audience doesn't have to know the how the sausage is made. Yep, exactly. You know? Yes. Mm-hmm. We had one game where we were in a combat for like I mean I feel like an hour and a half a single D and D five E combat I'm like no mm-hmm. one's listening to any of this yeah that's <laughs> often how I feel about don't go looking combat. for it you won't find it now <laughs> no. it, it was up and it's gone Dennis what's a shonen <laughs> <laughs> a shonen is a young warrior <laughs> <laughs> all right. <laughs> Hey, what's a transition? <laughs> I've never seen it. one in my life. I wouldn't know. <laughs> I thought it was pretty good. So Shonen is like the genre, right? So I thought it was like, this is you guys' last action story you will ever need yeah, for it, your life. <laughs> it like literally translates into young man, young actionful man. So like, yeah. <laughs> the reason I asked this, of course, is because you have a game about this. Yes. Tell me about it, please. <laughs> yeah, of course. So like the first... <laughs> The first real system that I had a hack at and wanted to put under the label of the entire podcast out of Control Group Labs, which is what I've deigned our little creationary suite of the podcast, is The Last Shonen, which is a play on The Last Action Hero. But it's a system, it's a PBTA hack system, focuses on creating animes. So much like we've been talking about, uh, a lot of the systems out there that you to create anime type campaigns have a lot of crunch behind them. So I was like, all right, I want to strip that all away. I want to take my knowledge of what I know of anime and very specifically the shonen genre, which is that action heavy, uh, you know, your Dragon Ball Z, your young hero, your My Hero Academia kind of stories and find a way to boil that down and distill it into a wonderful system. And the last shonen, the beta is what exists of it right now. I still haven't finished it. Uh, it's close though. It's so close, but <laughs> the beta of it is what is what exists and what you're looking at. So I interviewed someone named Mother Multiverse and they were working on a, it was an isekai game. And I had the mm-hmm. same thing. I'm like, I, I thought I was a fan of anime. I don't know <laughs> any of these words. <laughs> yeah. As you like really deep delve, you realize that just saying I love anime is like a huge thing. Cause like, do you love romance anime or shoujo right. anime? Do you like isekai anime or like a normal dude falling into a mystical land or shonen, which is your basic action. What you think about when you think of anime. I'm learning so much. I have my notebook right here. I'm just... <laughs> In fact, when it came to this system, Marcus had also made an anime system that was more slice of life. 
which is another type of, you know, basic anime genre. So we had to decide when it came to the storytelling, like which system we were going to use for the podcast itself. I think it came from our discussions of what, where would the archetypes come from? And (laughs) of course, and then Dennis chooses the character types in an action story. And I was, I don't even know why I chose this. I chose like, you choose what school club they're in. So if you're in like the, the occult club, or if you're in the, into like baseball, or if they're like a teen idol or something, my classes are based on that. But we definitely, I mean, honestly, you could make infinite systems out of it. You know, I mean, there's so much stories you could tell. So Marcus, you're also a big game designer. What is your favorite game that you've made so far? pick your favorite baby that you've made (laughs) i okay i I was just thinking about this this is the game that i think got the least actual appreciation from my point of view um when i released it but i had this game called power couple Mm -hmm. that uses tarot cards instead of dice rolls and i was at first i was like is that appropriate i don't know if some people would view them as more important to them i mean and then i just was like you know what i'm just gonna do it and then i put on the first page if this doesn't feel an appropriate use for you then that's fine you know know, if that's what you choose that's perfectly okay Mm -hmm. but it's a it's about you are basically like goku and vegeta but you're married (laughs) and you are the two most powerful people in the world and it's your duty to protect the earth so every tarot card that you draw is some other kind of alien entity or or event that's happening that basically crash lands on earth and you have to protect the world from it so very cool is it using the both major and minor arcana or just yes wow that's a lot of options and stuff to, to get through so does each card represent a separate entity or is it just like a randomization engine for different things that happen so the major arcana are, it'll give like a broad sort of symbolic idea of what this story is going to be about, of like mm. the magician arrives. So this is the protector of Mars. So they're very similar to you, but they protect another planet nearby. So you, so they come and give you a mission where you have to work with them. So now use your roles if you need to, to find out how this story plays out. And then you use the minor arcana to make those dice rolls, right? So the higher the number is that you would get would be more successful you are. So what do you find more satisfying? Do you find it more satisfying to create these games or to play them? That's a good question. I think I... I definitely have always felt like I was a writer and I've always written, you know, all kinds of scripts and everything. And, and, and all my friends, we all, we all trade scripts all the time. And, but eventually I was like, when I, when I learned about itch and when I learned about this uh, RPG community and everything, I was like, maybe that would fit better because I love creating these worlds and I love thinking in the macrocosm perspective but then getting into the minutia of it, it's like, sometimes it feels like I'm wasting my time. And I love just grab, grabbing all the pieces, giving this toy box kind of, and, and the sandbox to people and seeing what they do with it, I think is so fascinating. So I love making games and just building this whole toolbox and just letting it loose into the world, I guess. So it's like a fun sociology experiment almost to see like, exactly. okay, here are the toys, let's sit back and watch. <laughs> How about you, Dennis? What do you think? Uh, playing, reviewing, making, what's best for you? I think, yeah, it's the other way for me. I really love creating systems. I really do enjoy it. It's just like Marcus was saying, when it gets down to the micro, when I'm writing rules for everything, when I'm 
editing the copy for the system itself. And I'm like, why the fuck am I formatting? Like, no <laughs> one's going to look at this PDF. Why am I? That's the reason, like, I have, like, five games that are unfinished that are ready to go under our <laughs> Control Group Labs moniker. They're, like, so close to done. I wish people could just pay on itch and then call me, and I'll just orally tell you all the rules. That would be my dream <laughs> if that could happen. But no, I, I that's why I prefer you know uh, playing in the the micro, playing within the bounds that people like Marcus throw out, and finding what stories I can create for that. I love thinking of stories for the podcast. It's one of my favorite things to do. But I also love reviewing systems. I think it's good. To, I just, the biggest thing is about showing people different systems. And one of the things that kept me going in the very beginning was getting texts from people to be like, hey, I've never heard of the system before. Like I'm using it with my friends or we've never used this. One of the best texts I ever gotten was, hey, I've never heard about the system before. I'm using it in my therapy sessions with the kids I work with. And I'm like, God, I'm so glad I could give that to you. Like, thank that, I, that makes everything worth it. Have, I know, Marcus, I know you've been part of game jams in the past, or at least one that I know of. Um, what's your experience with a game jam? Oh, so cool. I think everyone yeah. on itch uses that to get some inspiration, right? Mm. So if you feel like, oh, I really want to, I really want to keep writing and keep making stuff, but I have no idea what it's going to be. Mm. You just scroll through the jam page and see you basically, if you get, if you look through 20 of them, you're going to see maybe a couple where you're like, ooh, I wonder what I would do with that. So then what you'll probably do at that point is decide, why don't I make something that could, that can be put into both jams? And then I could have more eyes on this thing once I release it. So I can put it into multiple jams because it follows all criteria. So, but they're so cool, so supportive too. I was in um, this bundle for, for uh, a trans charity and it was mm. so, it was incredible. It was, and we were shocked by how many people donated too. We, we put all our games in there just without you know gaining any kind of profit from it or anything and it was just ev everyone who bought the bundle would get would be able to donate to the charity and it was like it was incredible there really was even cool. actually it was Dicebreaker did an article on it as well and i was shocked i was like oh my goodness i was in this bundle that's that big advertised right now uh, the, the news outlets it was incredible it's really fun that's great you know i've the few other creators i've talked to that have done game jams I've talked about like almost needing that constraint because of the, the fear of the blank page. Like I have no idea what I want to do, but if you say, here's a box you have to play in, then now I, now I have all these ideas that I can yeah. run with. So what's next for the podcast? By the time this episode is even coming out, well, we've been doing a 1k giveaway because we hit 1k Twitter followers. Congrats. So if you, thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. If you follow us, you like the tweet, uh, we've got little custom control group dice that we've been handing out. If you get us on Patreon, I'm giving away uh, D6 spinning rings. Um, mm. I lost the room or I'd show oh. you, but it's like, it's a ring that has D6 on it. It's awesome. Yeah, so um, <laughs> and then you also get an episode on our Patreon called The Experience, where I personally take you through an episode of Control Group just by yourself. And oh. if you know, you know, it's a fun little <laughs> thing like that. But yeah, and like I mentioned before, we're recording a lot of tests right now. Mm. Uh, we really reopened everything back up. So a lot of one shots of all the systems we've been getting from people, all the games we've been wanting to try. Uh, even actually, I think one of the first episodes we recorded in this block of like fun little one shots was actually a recommendation from you guys. Oh, 
What was it? We, I was checking out your, uh, we tested out um, you're in quarantine with Adam Driver and he wants you to read the script. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Fantastic so choice. So tested out games like that. Yeah, exactly. At work, I saw your tweet about it. I looked at it and I immediately sent it into the chat and I was like, hey, we're playing this tonight. <laughs> you can play with me. That's excellent. So yeah, games like that, like I said, we're returning back to our Lake Mary mythos from our very first Monster of the Week session. Uh, So Return to Lake Mary should be out by the time this episode is out. And other systems we're testing from other creators. Game Nomicon sent us the test for Warmer in the Winter. Oh, nice. Which is a PBTA about making your own Hallmark Christmas movie. So we've been playing and we're recording through that. That would have so good. Amazing. For Warmer in the Winter, is that one, that's extremely close to Monster Hearts in terms of like the strings between characters, isn't I know it wasn't the alpha anyway, I haven't read. Yeah, so in the alpha at least, yeah, they still have the strings, so the things that connect players. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a, a thing that always comes up during various games we play, because we played uh, a, a world of Ice and Fire, which is the Game of Thrones system, and those also had strings. And it's a thing that always comes up, and every time, everyone always asks, like, what the fuck is a string? How do we make this? <laughs> we're slowly learning every single time. We're trying to get so, it. We're, like, on our fourth system now with strings, and every episode zero, someone's like, all right, so explain strings to me again. Yeah. I don't think we're ever going to get over conditions. Conditions will always be a question <laughs> on the podcast. And that's the most intuitive thing. It's like, you can spend a string, but if you pull the string, I don't know what yeah. you're talking about. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> I always have them and, on my and, character sheet in the episode, and I'm like, okay, well, how can you use this? How do you how do you use this again at all? Okay, I try and use one this episode. You have tons of strings. You never use them. I never do. I want to trade in three strings for a knot. Is that a thing I can do? No, you're making me do something. <laughs> <laughs> Is there anything that we haven't asked you yet that you just have a dying need to talk about before we let you go for the night? I think we just want to go bigger. I think we yeah. want to keep going bigger. We yeah. want to release more stuff. We want to release games that we worked on together and we want to include more people. And we love hearing from people who enjoyed our episodes or have stuff we want to try out. And um, we want to, we, we're always looking for more genres that we haven't even tapped into too. Cause we've done sci-fi, we've done fantasy, we've done noir, we've done all kinds of stuff, anime, but we're trying to do more every single time. And if we, and if we really feel like, okay, we've done every type of game we can, then I'll be surprised, but uh, we're just going to keep going and, and, because now we do, each of us are always working on like two or three games a week. We used to do one every two weeks and we were trying to go faster yeah. and faster. So this is awesome. Yeah, I saw you had a couple of times where you were releasing two episodes on the same day for weeks at a time. Yeah, that was at the the very tip of the pandemic is I had a lot of free time on my hands. So we (laughs) released our Lasers and Feelings mini campaign along with our Game of Thrones mini campaign. So that was two episodes every week. And it was I was flying through those. I could not imagine releasing two mini campaigns (laughs) at the same time right now. I was like, how the hell do they manage that? Are they gods? And yes, after meeting you both, yes, I can say that you are both gods. So congratulations. Thank you. I get that laugh. (laughs) Yeah. And it's just, yeah, it's getting bigger, getting better. I'm going to throw out stuff that I want your listeners to listen to, to hold me culpable for systems, actually. Mm -hmm. So I'm working on a magical Western system. So old West plus dark magic. You can see that eventually tweet at us and it'll make me work on it i've also been working on just a bunch of one page systems uh kind of as goofs 
So I have one called, what are we, some kind of suicide squad, where you get to make your own suicide squad, much like the DV, uh, the DC uh, IP. Mm-hmm. And it's just a large table where you get to draw your shitty supervillain power. And the whole concept of the game is you trying to go out uh, in the most amazing way, because you're not going to make it. You already know Boom, Harley Quinn, and Croc are on the team, so there's no way you're going to survive until the end. So it's about dying the flashiest. Pokemon and Power Rangers. Those are yes, games we are always talking about, but never actually get done. So if you if you ever tweet that to Dennis, we will we will get on it. <laughs> Either yep. of those, because we'll be too too excited to stop. So. <laughs> That's been my holy grail for the entire time I've been playing role-playing games is a functioning Pokemon role-playing game. That's not just a billion yeah. numbers in the tables. Oh, yeah. it's so many every time we we've been search. I send one to Marcus every day. Like, yeah. do we want this much crunch on the podcast? I can't. This is so much math, but we <laughs> times a thousand it, but like, for each Pokemon. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so the only one I've ever found that came close was a solo game called like no one ever was. Ooh. So you you have your little creature that you take along with you. You go different places, and your bond like you can spend and risk doing different activities, and then you get to go to the elite four and take on those guys. It's that came the closest, but it's a solo game, so it's a really tough sell for an audio platform. <laughs> yeah, there you go. There's, there's one for free at the time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you both so so much for coming on tonight. I really really appreciate Thank you for time. having us. No, it's my pleasure. Anytime you want to come back, next time you have a new game coming out or just want to come back and chat, I'd love to have you back on. Thanks for asking us questions. We love talking. So I I guess we started a podcast. (laughs) We we made a podcast. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, folks, it's Nate. I want to thank Dennis and Mark again for being awesome guests and being awesome game creators and making an even better podcast than ours. I didn't think it was possible. And then I listened to their shit. And now our shit seems extremely good still, but just not quite as good. Like, A plus versus A plus plus, you know? Like, we're awesome, but, man, now we have something to aspire to. That's enough humility for one night. Please go check out the show notes for links to their amazing podcast, their awesome games. I mean, they're just doing so many things right now. Uh, The last episode I heard of theirs was a wrestling one, and it was the best. It's so good. Treat yourself. After you're done with us, go listen to all their stuff, their back catalog, if you haven't already. Uh, yeah, you're, you're not going to have a bad time, I promise. If you want to support our show, please head over to patreon.com slash pot of blunders. Uh, there you can join for one, five, or ten dollars a month. Get you know over ten hours of bonus content, a free game. Well, not free, you paid for it. And just help us keep the lights on. Help us keep this thing going. Help me get a new microphone, hopefully, because this thing is falling apart. You can tell by the sound of my voice. I also want to offer something new. If you go on iTunes and you leave a five-star review for us and a comment, email me at potofblunders at gmail.com, and I will read your stuff out loud on air. Even if it's an ad for your own show or your own product, go ahead and leave us a review. I'll read it, unless it's really fucked up and weird, like a plea to your old high school girlfriend to come back to you. Just get over it, man. She doesn't watch you anymore. Take the hint. It's been 15 years. It's getting weird. Anyway, thank you all so much for listening. We appreciate you. A special thanks to our patrons for helping us out. And for the Pot of Blunders, I've been Nate Magnuski, and as always, may all your D's be 12s.